The opinions and views shared in this podcast are the opinions and views of the host and the host alone. They are not a reflection of his employer or any other organization that the host is a member of. The host does not speak for anyone, only himself. This is the I Am Pith Podcast. Get ready for contact. What's up, everybody? This is your boy Dex with the Iron Pits Podcast, and I am fresh off my 12-hour shift, sipping on some small batch 1972 bourbon. My clothes are in the washer, and I'm fresh out the shower because I'm getting ready to cook Thanksgiving dinner. Everyone at my my family's wanted me to bring my my greens to Thanksgiving, even though I will be working, but I want to prepare that for the family now. But before I could cook, I had to get a nice, long, hot shower in. You know, there's nothing better than a nice, long, hot shower after a 12-hour shift patrolling the streets of Louisville. But I really, really needed this shower after my shift. You know, and I don't know what it is with me and holidays, but just something when the holidays hit, crazy stuff always happens to me. I mean, like today, I mean, today was a phenomenal shift. I mean, everything was going great. I mean, I was enjoying myself. I'm in the holiday spirit. There's nothing super crazy happening. You know, then we're about an hour from our shift ending, and I get a call. And I didn't really think much of it. You know, there's a guy at the bus station with no pants on. So I was like, you know, okay, we'll go handle this real quick. Hey, then get ready to go home. You know, they left out a few of the details when we when I got to the station. So I get there and I'm like, yeah, this guy's got no pants on. And just so you know, do y'all know a hazmat person? It's like, excuse me, why would I need? I don't know anything about hazmat. It was like, yeah, there's a he pooped all over the bus and the pants. I was like, excuse me. Yeah, he pooped everywhere. Man, we walk up on the bus and the smell just hits me in the face. You know, and not only that, they like, yeah, he's locked himself in the bathroom. I don't know if y'all have ever been on a bus, a charter bus. I don't know if you've ever seen a bathroom on a charter bus, but it is really small and tiny. And so as soon as I learned this, I'm like, you know what? I'm not making it home in time. And I'm probably not going to be too happy with the outcome of where this is going. I just knew from my 12 years of, years of experience, I was like, this is about to be a real crappy situation for all of us involved. And so we're walking on the bus and I look down and my eyes match up with what I'm smelling. And as I see a fresh, hot, steamy pile of human madness on the floor and on the seats and a trail with this guy's pants leading to the bathroom. Mind you, we are in the pre-hours of Thanksgiving. We're getting ready to go home and be with our families and start celebrating and just being thankful. But in this moment, I was not very thankful. <laughs> I was not thankful. So we go and we try to coerce, coerce this man to get him out of the uh, bathroom and cracks the door and I realize 
This individual is completely naked. Not just that, he is covered in his own poo. So we're sitting there, and, and me, I've been doing this 12 years. I'm like, hey, I kind of know what to do. Let's get some sheets. Let's get some blankets. Because you know, I'm not going hands on with this. You never win in this career when you have to fight a naked person. Ever. Remember that. To anybody listening to this show that wants to be a police officer, anytime you fight somebody that's not fully clothed, you always lose. I don't care what it is. You will always lose. And so we're sitting there and we're talking to this individual. And I did what any other seasoned veteran would do. I wanted to say, I want to say I handle business. But as any seasoned veteran, you know what we did? We sacrificed one of our POs, <laughs> our trainees, <laughs> one of our new officers. Oh, yeah. Let me say, it was not my ideal. It was not my ideal. But yeah, we sent the called up the trainee. Hey, man, when you put on this uniform, realize you got to earn your stripes at some point in time. And tonight was the night our new guy was going to earn his stripes. So we get some we get two large white blankets from the medical services that came to assist us. We he starts knocking on the door and I tell him, like, look, you can't be pussyfooting around, bro. Like, We got to go in here. We got to get this dude. So we go through the door and we use the blankets to shield ourselves and shield him. <laughs> Yo, man. Yo, so we get the guy out the bathroom. He's just covered in his own feces. And we get him on the ground. And there's really, you know, he's really not, he's not fighting. He's not struggling against us. And this is great. Because I'm like, man, there's no really no extra paperwork to do. The guy's being pretty cool. But, you know, he's putting up a little bit of a resistance. And, hey, but not enough for us to really get physical. We get the guy off the bus, you know, and just, and that for some odd reason, I don't know why, I made the rookie mistake. I put my car closest to the, where we were at, and they take this guy and they sit him in my car. And then when we open the door, the smell just hits me again. And let me tell y'all something. Police officers are some of the toughest people in the country, but we had so many officers on this bus tonight. <laughs> and you could just hear the world's toughest men <laughs> with the smell that was on the bus. And here I am trying to lead the charge, man. Hey, we get this guy, yo, and just, oh, man. Oh, you know, it was, God bless, man. It. This is my pre-Thanksgiving. <laughs> this is my pre-Thanksgiving encounter, man, before going home. Like, I'm in my mind, I'm so ready to go home, but now I'm just like, man, I got to deal with this. And I was not mentally ready for what this was, you know, because you don't expect this. But that's the thing about police work. As soon as you're ready to go home and your mind starts getting away from the streets and starts focusing on home, that's when people decide to do crazy things. And you as a police, guess what? You got to get ready, man. You got to be ready to respond and jump into the mess. And there we were, man. So, you know, we <laughs> got turned out act, be it, to be actually a really nice guy. You know, we he had some other medical issues going on, you know, but my God. You know, well, that well, and also the vodka was not helping him at all. But, you know, we man, 
God bless, dude. <laughs> I'm almost at a loss for words because it was just so, it just caught me off, caught all of us off guard. You know, but this is the thing about police work I tell people. Police work is dirty and filthy sometimes. Nobody wants to deal with anybody covered in in their own feces. Nobody wants to deal with this stuff. Like, everybody's disgusted. Like I said, you got tough guys in here and they're like, Ugh! barely holding on and gagging to keep from throwing up because the smell was so strong. But this is the beauty of police work. I don't know our PO. He's doing a pretty solid job. I want to give him a shout out. But, you know, regardless of where this individual goes, if he stays with our police department, if he goes, no matter where he goes in life, he, he and I will always have this moment where if I don't see him for 20, 30 years and he sees me again, his first thing is going to be, hey, remember that guy on the bus on the night of Thanksgiving, <laughs> the guy on the bus <laughs> the night before Thanksgiving stuck on the charter bus covered in his own poo in the bathroom and we had to get him off the bus you know he and i and my partners we will always share this experience i'm telling you it can be 20 30 years from now whenever i retire or whenever people leave we will always have this moment between us no matter how disgusting it was no matter how everybody thought or felt this moment will always be something between all of us that we will always laugh at and cherish although we did not laugh and cherish at it in the moment we will always have this between us and it will be something that we will laugh about for many years to come you know the look on my face and the the sound of fellow officers gagging (laughs) because of this incident you know this is one of the things i love about police work the moments that we dread and the moments that make us the most disgusted are some probably some of the funniest moments that you would never have in a normal job. It's these moments where, you know, people question, like, why do I do this job? Then I look at my partners in this moment and we're laughing and joking and people are trying to keep throwing up. And it's in that moment where I realize why I love being a police officer. Like I said, I don't like dealing with people covered in poo, but it's just something about the moment of being with your brothers in the heat of this moment and just <laughs> it's just sharing this moment between you and your guys that you will all remember forever. And can you have that in other professions? Absolutely. Can you have that with other with your friends in different situations? You can. And hey, but there's just something uniting about patrolling the streets with this set of guys and you all just tackling the situation together, you know, the the night before the Thanksgiving, and you all just coming to a conclusion and working together to solve this issue so you can all get off on time and making sure that this person is served in the way that they need to be served, you know, and realizing that not everybody needs to be locked up and some people in that moment just need help. This guy, we could have locked him up, but we didn't. You know, we just, this guy just needed help. You know, he wasn't in the best shape mentally or physically so you know we got him the help that he needed although ems is probably like man why y'all put this guy off on us but you know he has some medical problems and we are not medical professions we all got to share this burden but you know in my defense i followed him down to the hospital to make sure the guy got his bags and make sure that he was okay but you know (laughs) you know so 
it's been an interesting night, man. But, you know, Thanksgiving, it's going to be Thanksgiving in here in a couple hours. Right now, it's like 8.57. And, you know, like I said, I got, got the food in the on the stove cooking and sipping on my bourbon, man, just really reminiscing. You know, as much as I try to tell people, you know, this job is hard. But, man, I absolutely love this job and I love the people that I work with and I love the department that I work for. Even though things aren't perfect, like I said, I don't dread getting up and going to work every day. And even when I'm on my long three day weekends, I always think about getting back to work and being with my brothers on the streets. Because I absolutely love this profession and I love my brothers and my sisters that I serve with and they are just absolutely phenomenal people. Regardless of the politics and everything going on in the country, there's just something special about putting on this uniform and going out here into the streets and dealing with the situations that average normal people just can't deal with. And just being able to go into these situations and help people and help things, you know, and I feel blessed that God has gifted me with the ability to do this. You know, time after time again for 12 years and just absolutely love it. And the other I can tell people, the best thing is just the stories you get from policing. People don't realize I could tell people half the stories and the things I've encountered and nobody would believe me. But the guys that I was there with in that moment, you know, we share that moment. We're like, yo, that was crazy, wasn't it? But yeah, it was absolutely insane, man. You know, so it was a interesting night ending the shift, but there's just something about, you know, when you're a first responder or a soldier like I was in Iraq, you know, holidays take on a different meaning. So when I think of holidays now, being that I've been to war and I was in the army in Iraq at the time, holidays have such a different meaning now because there's always usually something tragic that happened in relation to a holiday when I was deployed. That, you know, when it's Christmas, I don't necessarily just think about presents and Jesus Christ and being with my family. I think about one of my buddies that I served with that died the year after I got out of the military. His name was Jason Defrun. He died Christmas Day in Iraq of 2006, I believe, you know, and, and I wasn't there. I had just got out the army, you know, but there's for me, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving holds a real different meaning for me because of an incident I had in Iraq on Thanksgiving Day of 2004 with my buddies in the 10th Mountain Division, part of Alpha Company 214 Infantry Battalion. You know, it's been many, many years since that incident, but it sticks with me today. And that's just something I could just never let go of. It's something that it will be with me for the rest of my life. So whenever I think of Thanksgiving, you know, I'm a lot more grateful than the average person because I understand. I Because I'm so thankful to still be alive. I'm thankful that my friends are still alive. And I'm thankful to be an American because I've seen the sacrifices that have gone, that people have given to make this country possible to be selling, celebrating Thanksgiving in America, regardless of what's going on in the public right now with politics and all this anti, you know, this racist, racism stuff. At the end of the day, none of that stuff matters. And for me, I am extremely thankful that I'm still here and that a lot of my brothers are still here. 
because of this incident on Thanksgiving Day in 2004. So what I wanted to do tonight, like I'm not going to make this a long episode, but I want to share with you all an excerpt from my book, I Am Pitt's Memoirs of an American Patriot. I want to share with you all an excerpt from the incident on Thanksgiving of 2004. So if you all bear with me, I'm going to read an excerpt from my book. November 25th, 2004, Thanksgiving Day. I knew we had a long day ahead of us. We were heading back to, back to Route Force Green to continue our clearance, route clearance mission. Despite the nerve-wracking mission ahead of us, we had one thing to look forward to at the end of the day, and that was a delicious Thanksgiving meal. Being away from home during the holidays was tough. I thought about everyone back home, gathered around the table, enjoying each other's company. Captain Shaw tagged along with us for our Thanksgiving Day patrol. He walked up to my Humvee and casually chatted with me. Are you ready for some turkey pits? He questioned me. You know it, sir. Me too. We're going to get ready to call it for the day and head back to camp. As he walked away towards the front of the convoy, Private First Class Guerrero emerged from the Humvee in front of me. He stood with his rifle in hand and chatted with me. As he and I chatted and joked away, I saw the members from First Squad walking back to our patrol. They were about 50 yards from the front of our convoy. I was mid-length when the ground beneath the First Squad opened up and spewed out flames, dirt, smoke, and shrapnel. Time once again moved in slow motion as the First Squad was swallowed up in the explosion. I could see the shockwaves from the blast ripple through the ground. Boom! The delayed and deafening sound of the explosion rumbled in my eardrums. I watched my sector of fire vigilantly and stood behind the 240 Bravo machine gun ready for a fight. I knew the bullets were about to start flying because of our location. The milk factory in Abu Ghraib was just ahead of us on the left and was about 75 yards off the road. It had been used by the insurgents to ambush the troops in our area of operation. I had no clue as to the status of the members of first squads after the explosion. I prayed over them as I manned the 240 machine gun. I briefly glanced over at the chaos at the site of the blast and saw Corporal Tolleson being carried to a Humvee, followed by Sergeant Pedro. I could see blood on the ground where they had been laying. Corporal Tolleson, the tall, skinny, and outrageously funny Texan, had taken a large piece of shrapnel to his ankle, almost severing it from his leg. Sergeant Pedro had taken a decent-sized piece of shrapnel to his forearm. Private First Class Dominic Miseraka was caught in the middle of the blast as well, but he was miraculously okay and did not suffer any major injuries and was able to walk away. But the power of the blast was so strong that it blew Special's pint across the street and into the canal on the other side of the road. He suffered from small shards of shrapnel in his face and was concussed. As we loaded up our wounded and started to get our convoy turned around, I heard a loud whistling sound followed by a loud boom. A puff of smoke rose from the field to the right of us, about 50 yards away from the convoy. Mortars! Someone yelled. The insurgents had been watching us and anticipated us being in this exact spot and had the location dialed in and started dropping mortars on us. Another mortar impacted in the field, and this one was even closer. They were starting to walk the mortars in on our exact position. 
the longer we sat in this position, the more likely we were to have a mortar land directly in the middle of our security perimeter. Let's get the hell out of here, someone yelled. My adrenal glands dumped another load of adrenaline into my veins and went straight to my heart, causing it to throb and pound violently inside my chest. It was fight or flight, and I was ready to fight, but there was no one to fight. We were able to get the convoy turned around. The Humvee's engines roared from the accelerator being mashed to the floor as we moved out of the kill zone to route huskies and rushed our wounded to the 31st Combat Support Hospital in Biop. Our convoy came to a screeching halt in front of the building. I watched from the turret as the medical staff poured out of the building with gurneys in hand. Corporal Tolson and Sergeant Pedro were placed on the gurneys and rushed inside. Private First Class, Ms. Araka walked in just behind them in Specialist Pint. After waiting for an update on the wounded, Captain Shaw informed us that they were going to be fine, but they had a long road to recovery ahead of them. Tolson and Pedro would soon be on their way to Landstuhl Medical Regional Center in Germany to have their damaged limbs repaired. We were happy that they were going to be okay. We left the 31st cache and headed to the nearby dining facility for Thanksgiving dinner. We were dirty and sweaty from our day's mission. As we paraded into the defect, we were stopped by a chow hall Nazi who informed us that we were not permitted to enter the defect because of our appearance. If looks could kill, the young soldier would have died an instant and violent death. We started to gripe and complain. The tone of our voices communicated our displeasure at what he had told us. Who was this pogue to tell us that we were not fit to eat in his dining facility? He had no clue as to what we had just experienced outside the safety of the walls of camp. He had no inkling that the two of our brothers had been severely wounded. We felt insulted and disrespected. As we started to voice our opinions about the situation, Captain Shaw stepped forward and told us to go outside. He knew that if he did not step in and pull us back that we were going to traumatize the young troop in front of us. We hastily went outside and waited. Even though we were all offended, having been denied entry into the defect, our true wrath had originated from what happened to Tolson and Pedro. The young soldier was unfortunately caught in the wave of our anger, and we were taking out our frustration on him simply for trying to follow the orders he was given. It was not his fault of his own, and he did not know what we had just gone through. Captain Shaw came out of the defect a few minutes later and waved us to come back in. One by one, we went down the line and received our fair share of turkey, mashed potatoes, and gravy and vegetables. It was later in the evening and the defect was mostly empty. We all sat in the dimly lit defect in silence, looking down at our food. It was the quietest I had ever heard opportune. Typically, you would hear laughter, vulgar language, and trash talking amongst us. But not on this Thanksgiving. We collectively sat in the heaviness and stillness of the moment. My appetite perished with the sight of my brothers being blown up and the chilling sound of mortars falling and impacting close to our position. I shoved the heaping spoon and mashed potatoes gravy into my mouth, but my mind was still too busy trying to process the incident of the day and my taste buds would not let me experience the taste of Thanksgiving. And that is the end of that snippet from my book, I Am Pitts. You should look forward in January 2nd of 2022. January 2nd is my alive day, the day, the day I almost died in Iraq. 
It's been 17 years since this incident in Iraq, since this Thanksgiving incident occurred. And this moment is always with me. It will be with me until the day I take my last, last breath on earth. This moment will always live on and I will always remember the emotions I felt that day and the things that went through my mind looking and seeing my brothers get blown up, but thank God they survived. So I am extra thankful on Thanksgiving. I have so much to be thankful for. My brothers have so much to be thankful for. I am thankful for this country. I am thankful for the sacrifices that the men and women of the United States military have made. I am thankful for the sacrifice that our law enforcement officers give to this, their, their, to their communities because while a lot of us will be sitting and eating Thanksgiving meals and enjoying our family and being thankful for life, there will be men and women that put on the uniform tomorrow to go serve the community, not knowing if this is going to be their last shift or when they walk out the door that morning, not knowing if this is going to be the last time that they see their family or their family sees them alive. We have so much to be thankful for in this country and it just breaks my heart that we take what we have for granted. But that's because I tell people we don't really have problems in America. You know, we're not problem free, but our problems really aren't problems. We have inconveniences here, not problems. And so despite the fact that I've endured all these things and I've gone through these traumatic incidents in my life, I am thankful for these traumatic incidents because when I encounter inconveniences in my life now, I have something to measure that up against. And so when my Wi-Fi is not working or when somebody's saying something about me that's not true or somebody's trying to offend me, I think about Thanksgiving Day 2004 and how their lives could have been stopped on that day or how that could have been me that day. But it wasn't. And I am still here 17 years later, able to remember these moments with my brothers, able to remember this incident and be thankful that even though I'm working tomorrow on Thanksgiving, I am beyond thankful that I get to serve this community. I'm beyond thankful that I get to serve with my brothers and sisters on the Louisville Metro Police Department. I am thankful that I got to serve with the 10th Mountain Division and my brothers in Alpha Company 214. Mizaraka, Tolson, Pedro, Pint, all you guys on that day. There's not a Thanksgiving that goes by that I do not think about your faces and seeing that explosion just rise up from the ground and swallow you all. And just the, the feelings and thoughts going through my mind that, oh my God, my brothers just got killed in front of me, but thank God y'all are still here. I don't know if y'all are going to hear this episode. I hope you do. But I am thankful for your lives and I am thankful for your sacrifices. And I pray that your lives continue to be great. And I pray that the Lord continues to bless you all. Because the Lord has given you 17 additional years when it, that could have been it for you all. On Thanksgiving Day 2004. I know we're tough guys and you no know, veterans and we're tough guys on the police department. 
But I want to take this moment to not be a tough guy and break character and say, I love each and every one of you, the guys I served with. I love each and every one of you, the guys I serve with currently on this police department and the ladies. You are all my brothers and sisters. And it is my absolute pleasure to put this uniform on every day. Even if I got to go fight a guy on a bus covered in poo. It is an absolute honor and pleasure to serve with each and every one of you. Despite the craziness going on around us. It's a blessing to get up every day and go to a job that you don't hate. It's a blessing to get up every day and go work with people that you enjoy and love being around. It's a blessing every day to be a Louisville Metro police officer. And it is a blessing every day to be a proud Purple Heart veteran, to have served with the 10th Mountain Division and to have served with Alpha Company 214 Infantry. I will never take it for granted and I will never met, let the memories and moments that we've all had together ever fade. I love you all. You all continue to serve and live your lives. And remember, let's not take what we have for granted. Let's make the most of whatever time we have left with our friends, with our families. And let's make continue to make an impact because the sacrifices of yesterday are good. But this country and our communities can only go forward if we continue to strive and sacrifice. We can't just continue to live off of yesterday's greatness and yesterday's sacrifices. There's still more to be done as we continue to go forward as a country and as we continue to go forward as a community. And to anybody listening to this, realize no matter what is going on in your life today, if you are listening to this within the um, United States of America, remember you have won the lottery. And remember this, you have more to be thankful for than you could ever realize. Don't listen to the news. Don't listen to the media. Don't listen to politicians. Ignore some of the things you are seeing on your social media timelines. Realize that there has never been a better time to be alive and to be an American, regardless of what color your skin is or who was in the political office. Seize the opportunity that you all have with you right now in this country and like I said America is not perfect but my God this is one of the places that people would die to be and you are already here and you are already a step ahead of everybody else in the world because you are born in the United States of America ladies and gentlemen this has been the I am Pitts podcast I've been drinking a little bit so <laughs> if I seem a little off, don't judge me just getting ready for the festivities. But it's a pleasure as always. And thank you all for tuning in. Enjoy your families and you all have a wonderful and happy Thanksgiving. And I will see you all on the next one.